Welcome to Relatable AF with Heather and Steph. We are just two best friends navigating our self-help past, present day issues, affinity for real housewives and pop culture, and other smart girl shit. Let's get into this week's episode. Yay! We're so amazing today. I have so amazing. Her. Yeah, I have she's leather. She's acting as Jen Shaw in her fabulousness. I'm I am in my uh professional attire, which is really leggings and just a nicer shirt. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yesterday you FaceTimed me after court and you had a blazer on, and I was like, I don't know this Heather. <laughs> so I look completely different. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, Ooh, Jen said she's looking forward to this all morning. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast, we are live on YouTube and we thought we liked this format. So we will probably do most of our recordings live on YouTube and try to schedule them at least 24 hours in advance on our YouTube channel. So make sure you go over to our YouTube channel. You're subscribed. I am running the Instagram, but, uh, it's, hard for me, even though I'm a social media manager, but I do try to put updates on there too, of when we're going to go live, um, mostly in the stories I would post in our relatable AF dot podcast Instagram account. So those are the two ways to really keep up to date with these lives. But anyway, we are going to talk about Jen Shaw today. Yes. Yes. And all kinds of Bravo related legal stuff that this has brought into focus. Yes. And some of the most common questions that Heather gets and just kind of diving in on what this all is going to look like. But before we do, let's have a little girl chat, little girl talk, catch up. Um, where I lost my notes. What's our first thing? Why can't uh, I what did we watch this week? What did we watch this week? Oh, did I? I've been watching a lot of shows. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say Real Housewives, all the Real Housewives, Real Housewives. Miami mm-hmm. uh, reunions, one uh, episode, one of the reunion dropped. I watched <gasps> it a little did? bit of that this morning. Yes. That was yesterday, huh? Uh, yeah. Yesterday. Yesterday. Um, <laughs> love the recording on the Clarisonic last time. Thanks, Jen. Yeah. Um, yes. uh, yeah. We're not, we're not talking about the actual Clarisonic. We're talking about one that looks very similarly. That is a female toy. That's what we're talking about. But, and Heather sips her coffee again, because it's, <laughs> it's a, there's a picture on our YouTube thumbnail, but um, yeah, housewives, I think it's mainly been housewives. My house is like literally under construction right now <laughs> in yeah. different rooms. So it's our lives been have work been, and home. Our lives have been hectic this week. It's been like every day, some there's been highs, there's been lows. Yeah. Oh, I you mean, know I, what I've been watching? You're uh, TikTok lives on Ukraine. That's what oh. I've been watching. And you've been watching a lot of live streams of what from Ukraine um, yeah. on your TikTok lives. And so I really do appreciate those a lot. Um, yeah. I mean, helpful. talk about the dichotomy between our real life and rural housewives. I mean, and, and the yeah. real life of those living in Europe right now. And, you know, just a little dash of the threat of World War III. But, right. Right. um, aside from that, yeah, life is really light and easy. Yeah. So what's something you did this week? Um, I 
got my steps redone in my pool and it's made me happy. And, they are and nice. for, for those who don't know, um, Tim and I have never had a pool in our lives, but Tim being my husband and it's something that we saved up and we really thought a lot about. And we finally put one in and our original contractor made these like little nubs of steps. We have a 20 by 40 pool. That's beautiful. And he did it the wrong color. And he also, um, put in like 18 inch steps and it, and it wasn't squared off and it's a rectangular pool and I'm very big around right angles. And so I had to have a contractor. I was very, you know, how women we are trained to not ask for things that we want. I just felt like I should be so grateful that I had a pool in the first place. And people kept telling me how nice it looked but these squared, these non-squared steps were really bothering me. And so they squared them off and that made me really, really happy. Yeah. They look, they look a lot better. They really do. It really made a difference. They do look a lot better and you should get what you want if you're paying Paying for for it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, well I was an extra on a TV show this week. You're like uh, killing it in the, in the IMDb game. Uh, I don't know if I get IMDb for not speaking, but I'll try. (laughs) We'll see. I give it to you. Honorary. Okay. Give me credits. Thank you. Thank you. It actually wasn't that great of an experience. So I don't think I'm going to do that show again. The show that shall not be named. Yeah. But I do love being on set. That is really fun. I love watching the director and the cameraman and the actors and how it all comes together and the rehearsals. And then in one scene, I got to see the monitors, which was really cool. So I got to see actually what the cameras were filming. So it was cool to see how they move. It was a lot of steady cam, lots of movement, but they were just very unorganized. So I don't think I'll do that again, but it was, um, it was fun. I like it. I also got asked my availability to be a prostitute as a background. <laughs> That's so exciting. That is so exciting. I think you should wear that outfit. Ooh, should I? Yeah. Because so for clarification, when I click the details, it, it's a non-nude part. They do sometimes have nudity parts and you get like so normally you make like $150 a day for a nude part. You make like 300 or if it's like full body, it'd be like 500 for the day. Not enough for me, but some people, but this was a non-nude one, but you were playing like a solicitor on the street essentially. So Heather is saying that in my fur vest and my pleather shirt and my hooped earrings, and I could just go out there and uh, play the role. I'll be ready. Yeah, You could be the next pretty woman. You don't know. That's what everyone said. I posted it on Facebook and everyone was like, well, isn't that what happened with Julia Roberts? I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so right. I didn't really get selected down though. An opportunity. Um, yeah, they didn't select me because it films tonight. It's an overnight scene in New Orleans. They didn't select me. So I was like, this is uh, kind of a bummer, but you know. I'm it's sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry. So our final little piece of girl chat is always something that we've been talking about. I think probably it is important to say one thing that we've talked a lot about is the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, how that's affecting everybody, what that looks like for life in the United States, Western Europe. Um, It's just, it's an ever evolving, currently it's um, March 4th as we're recording this, 2022, and things are changing rapidly. Um, The capital city last night, uh, Last night, our time, yesterday, their time was bombed significantly. It's, I saw a video of uh, some, that somebody took the night before the invasion took place. And 
it, it was, it looked like it could be San Francisco, just people walking around mm. any major, major city in the United States, just enjoying lights out, just, you know, everybody just enjoying themselves and having some clue that this was coming. But, um, but now that same street is vacant and buildings are being bombed. Um, and now we have nuclear plants that are, uh, under attack though. I think everything's under control right now, but right. Right. So that's so we have- our off camera. I will say, uh, you have an opportunity potentially to do some legal work, uh, yeah. which is pretty cool. Pro bono. Um, pro bono. Yeah. Pro bono. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's not making anything off of this except for the, like, what did have you made like $3 on TikTok for going live? Probably, like, probably yeah. about $3. Yeah. FYI, TikTok gifts are a scam, <laughs> please. The creator gets little to nothing for gifts. Yeah. I, I would go live <clears throat> on the Britney Spears stuff months ago. And I would download all the documents and people, I would tell them like, this is, I want people to know I'm just doing this to explain it. Um, I'm in the red on everything I do on TikTok. And so people would hear that. And that's not me asking for money, but people would donate through TikTok. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I appreciate that. But I, you pay $2 and I get a cent. And that's not that's not me exaggerating. Right. That's, no, it's that's not. That's literally. It's, it's so literally. bad. It's so bad. And I think uh, people got confused because I think they would do that, but you were really responding to the people that would come into your TikTok lives and be like, you're doing this to make money. You're doing this for yeah. clout. And you're like, do you know how much the documents cost from the LA courts? <laughs> like this cost a lot of money. And even in our episode today, so we'll kind of transition over you had to download documents for this too but it yeah. was much cheaper than LA federal court documents through the federal court system are regulated through an account called Pacer which I have a login for as an attorney though I think anybody can get in the login um, and they're like 10 cents a page <clears throat> up to three dollars they only charge you for up to 30 pages so oh. it's not a lot of money um, whereas bad. no whereas with uh, LA court, it's like almost a dollar a page. It's something outrageous. Like when I got the Britney Spears documents, it probably cost me about a thousand dollars. Right. Right. So let's get into, uh, Jen Shaw and yes, all of her stuff. So just so everybody knows, this will be a two part because there's just, again, always so much with these legal situations and, if you have questions, put it in our YouTube comments. You can email our assistant, Rachel at Rachel at relatableafpodcast.com. I appreciate that. Rachel, let me know that one, she ran a marathon with no training, which you shouldn't do. So we're not very proud of our assistant, but I mean, she did run a marathon. So we put that out there. And then two, uh, we got an, Rachel got an email that someone wants us to cover love is blind. And Heather thought I planted that email and I did not. (laughs) I just really appreciate love is blind. (laughs) Everybody is talking about it and I have not yet watched it. And I need Uh, to, before I, everything gets spoiled. Uh, the finale, I, cause I spoil things for myself. I read, I I will read spoilers. I always do. So I already know the finale is like, (gasps) Oh, but I haven't watched it yet. And then I think the reunion just got posted today. So like, it's all up there now. So now it's all up there for you to go start binge to watch. finish. Yeah. And binge watch because the progression thing was not fun, but Jen Shaw. Okay. Let's get into the Bravo part. Cause I think that's like where people start. So when we start talking about Jen Shaw or anything in the Bravo universe related to legal, 
it always comes back to Teresa Judice. Then we've got the Erica Jane, Erica Girardi, and then discussing Jen Shaw. And all three of these cases, I thought it would be a really good idea, Steph and I both did, to give a quick comparison of what the differences are between these three Bravo lever- Bravo liberties, Bro Housewives, mm-hmm. and what they faced. So quickly, um, Teresa was charged with mail and wire fraud charges, bank fraud, loan application fraud, and bankruptcy fraud. She and her husband applied for a number of loans using falsified documents. She did sign her name. I do believe she still contends that she did not know anything of what was going on. Um, she, she submitted W-2s for applications uh, with income for businesses that she did not work for is the allegation. They also filed for bankruptcy and withheld um, information on assets and income that they had. So that was where all of that stemmed from. She ended up serving, I think about a year, her husband at the time, Joe Dudai served for and was deported by immigration back to Italy after he served his sentence, which, and he did appeal that and fight that, but ultimately he was deported. Yeah. Erica Jane, on the other hand, her husband, Tom Girardi, and we'll get into this probably in another, you know, deep dive. Yeah. Um, but Tom Girardi was a personal injury attorney in the state of California, a very well-respected statewide, if not nationwide personal injury attorney, um, notably worked with Aaron Brockovich on the PG&E, uh, case a long time ago. If you've heard of the movie, uh, won the largest verdict at that point in time in the history of the state, at least. And the issue with Erica is Erica was married to Tom. It turns out now it's being a part of this is alleged. Part of this has been proven, but I'm going to say alleged for everything. He was taking money out of client trust accounts and directly benefiting himself, which in turn benefited the marital property. Erica benefited from that stolen money, that ill-gotten money. So a lot of people have held that the Bravo universe, the, the clientele of Bravo, if you will, have really, uh, held Erica's feet to the fire on why she isn't returning all of this property, um, why she is not admitting and just giving all of the money that she has back. But it's Tom, as far as anything I've seen, it is Tom who has done the actual crimes, um, allegedly in that situation, just for everybody's reference and understanding, the only person that could be a signature on a client trust account is an attorney. Your spouse cannot have a client trust account. They are not, they, they can't, um, I, for reference, when I would start talking about this, I would have Tim come by often. And I'd say, how much money is in my client trust account? And he'd say, I have no idea because he doesn't have access. Yeah. This Um, is very personal for Heather because she is a personal injury attorney in California. (laughs) And of course, because Bravo can't do anything once now we've got Noella in OC, whose husband is also a personal injury attorney. Who's also now being alleged to have taken money out of his client trust account. It is not only a huge no-no personal injury attorneys, my quick soapbox moment already have a really bad reputation ambulance chasers, people talk about us in not so great context constantly, but for all intents and purposes, as far as Erica goes, she is not the one who has been alleged to do any wrongdoing. People are generally just upset with how she has handled things post lawsuits. 
She's also involved in a number of civil lawsuits. Um, nothing criminal that I have seen at all. Yeah. Hers is all about more about joint property and joint assets with Tom. Right. 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 Yeah. So it's really more about her relationship with Tom and her knowledge of the money. Her, her liability only stems from the fact that the it's marital assets that are, that have life that are subject to the liability of Tom's actions. Yeah. Right. So then for Jen Shaw, <laughs> Jen the Jen Shaw, Shaw uh, she is being charged with uh, conspiracy to commit wire fraud and conspiracy to commit money laundering. Um, and she faces just quickly up to 50 years in prison if convicted. Um, and the difference here is that Jen is being alleged to be the mastermind of this operation. So Teresa, you know, feigns or truly had no idea of what she was signing or giving to banks. Erica contends that she did not know any of what was going on with Tom other than his um, uh, mental state potentially. And for Jen, her husband has no clue, but she, she, what, this was her business. Uh, so it, it, it is a much different situation than we've been talking about through any of the uh, Real Housewives. Right. But legal it, history. It, it's so fascinating, too, because of how, I mean, she doesn't really get a lot of what Erica gets or I think a little bit of what Teresa gets. Like, it's been amazing this season. I'm like, do you even remember her from first season? So I want let's get into that. Like, let's talk a little bit about like Real Housewives of Salt Lake City how like it's fairly new and Jen Shaw is fairly new to the Bravo universe. So Real Housewives of Salt Lake City aired in 2020, which it feels so long ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. It was filmed in 2019. So it wasn't filmed in the pandemic. So that first season, they do get to have a lot of parties. Uh, Jen Shaw has at least two parties that I can think of. Um, She opens with a party and closes with a party. One thing I thought was interesting as I started watching back some of the episodes is that she opens the first episode. So she is the first person you meet when they did the first. It's like she is the opener, which to me says production is saying like, we know she is like going to be the bomb. Like she's going to be the one. She's going to be the Teresa Judice that flips the table. Like she's going to be the drama star um, and she's going to have that spark that they, they always look for in a housewife. Just um, real quick. I just Googled yeah. the cast photo. She is at the center of the cast. Is she the photo. center? Season, I meant to look. I meant to look. Season one. Yeah. Okay. I meant to look. Cause I assumed when I rewatched the episode and she, op- not only did she open it, but she got the opening party too. So that's always a big deal in housewives world. It's like who gets to host the first event, who like gets the first scene, who gets the center um, of the lineup. So uh, yeah, so they really, Bravo really picked her out as like, she's going to be the it girl of Salt Lake city. Um, And so that's kind of how she comes out. Like it's, she's covered in designer. She has the chalet, the chalet, which is like, this massive house in the mountains, which come to find out now she was renting and like, she is just Shaw amazing. Everything's going to be Shaw incredible. I do. 
the best events, everything has to be to the Shaw standard. Like it, and you're just like, who, who is this girl? Like, and I will say the rental part is interesting. This didn't come out until a couple of years ago, but a lot of the housewives do rent their homes and it becomes a very big deal because the landlord, the owner of the property has to allow for cameras in. And so finding a home that you can do that in is very difficult. And it came out the season that Meredith rents her home to mm-hmm. like a lot of them do a lot, which is fine. Um, right. but it becomes, you see it in a different context as we get further on in the court proceeding. Right. Well, and then part of me, and we'll try to not go on too many tangents, but part of me is like, if I became a housewife, would I go rent a home and stage it for filming so that every time we film at my house, I don't have to like, you know, move the dog beds and move the dog kennels and the, and the cat tree, right. Which is what I'm doing now as I'm listing my house. So that's what I'm kind of thinking of like, you know, would it be easier to rent a staged house and film there and have like a filming house? But these, they were living in those houses though. They weren't doing that setup, but I could see that set up, but, um, yeah. So what you see in Salt Lake city, which is interesting is one, no one saw this coming. Like no one saw Salt Lake city coming in the franchise. Like they announced it at BravoCon, and everyone was really surprised because right. it's, it's not a city you like put on the map of like, this is going to be the next real housewives franchise. The other thing is it was one of the most diverse casts on the first casting was which, the most diverse cast. I yeah. Think. Yeah. On the first casting and in a city where, I mean, now it's coming out of like, I mean, we all kind of know this about Salt Lake city, but it's, it's got diversity, but how it handles diversity seems to be questionable because of how the Mormon church's history with, you know, any kind of racial diversity. (laughs) Yeah. I have to say something real quick. Cause I noticed a dichotomy we're watching Salt Lake city occur or air and we're watching OC air. Yes. And we're watching people deconstruct Mormonism on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. And we're watching Emily's daughter get baptized into oh, I know. the Mormon church, Mormon church on the Real Housewife of on the Real Housewives of the OC. It's very interesting that like on one, we're yes. celebrating it. It's an amazing religion. I, my family is part of the Mormon right. church. Um, so no, I mean everybody can have their personal beliefs. Um but it's just very interesting how Bravo is dealing with that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, because also too, because, um, Emily has mentioned it before about her husband being Mm -hmm. Mormon, but it was never a storyline. Like it was just kind of like, this is just another thing. The storyline was he couldn't pass the bar exam. (laughs) Like they just wouldn't let that go. But so it is interesting now to see it as a storyline when we had salt, like, it's almost like they want to put it there because of, like producers are doing this because Mormonism is such a topic now in Bravo, Bravo world. Yeah. Everywhere. So, so that starts with Jen. And then I think the next person they introduce is Lisa and Lisa is Jewish by heritage. She says, and then is from New York, went to college in Utah and that's how she ended up there converted to Mormonism. Um, There's a lot of, yeah, 2.0, Mormonism 2, because she sells all these tequilas. Or she has all these tequila, tequila companies um, and is pretty, and she doesn't dress like a Utah person. That's a big thing that she talks about. Like she's still very New York, but she 
became a more they became Mormons. It's it's very interesting. And then next is Meredith. Meredith has her store. She has dressed celebrities. She uh, is married to Seth. And we find out later in the season that they separated during the first season. They're back together now. And she has her son living with her while they're separated. So that's Mark. No, 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 no. Brooks. Yeah. Cause it's Brooks. Mark is the fashion brand, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he has a fashion brand. They're very into fashion. She tends to get judged on her fashion looks because she likes a lot of feathers. Very big. Um, and so, yeah. And then do you want to talk about the last two? There's two more. Heather, and then the Heather new one Whitney. for this season. Yeah. Heather and well, Whitney. Heather and Whitney. Um, they are cousins by long, long heritage in the Mormon religion, but they've since come out. Heather's uh, divorced and dealing with that. And Whitney is trying to reignite her marriage, has a couple little kids um, and both have uh, budding business ventures. Um, yeah. Heather's a pretty well-established businesswoman in her own right. But the interesting part is how all of these people meld together in this like gelatinous weird, because it's, yeah. it's it, they do seem to have an organic relationship pre-Bravo, this yes. group of people. Yes. Um, but as the season goes on in season one, you start to realize, and Jen shows some outbursts, some serious outbursts. Quite a few. Um, where she's throwing glasses and yep. screaming at people. And yep. she gestured to somebody in an elevator in Las Vegas, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got a very, uh, very big temper. Um, and it's interesting because we, they go to Vegas and everybody raises their hand when they're asked who's scared of Jen and everybody's like, right. 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 A little bit, a little bit. So you, her, her character, her, uh, personality is established. This is very domineering. Yes. Um, but, but she's also got a business. Yep. She's got several that no one really understands. Right. Heather came on, watch what happens live this year and was like, I had a whole podcast with her and I had her try to explain it to me and I couldn't understand what, and it was an hour long. I don't understand yes. what she does. And they show reunion clips where she's like, it's the algorithm. <laughs> we just use it's the algorithm. <laughs> the way the money comes in, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's very, it's very, that was my take on an Italian accent. Cause right. <laughs> Cause it's very Italian. Yeah. It's, it's very, very yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, you don't need to know where the money comes from. The money is here. Don't worry about it. Yes. Don't worry about it. Yes. So that's kind of what's fascinating too. And again, like I was watching back season one, Meredith and Jen were really like the first episode is Jen showing, throwing Meredith throwing. a birthday party. Now, granted, the whole thing was themed around Jen, which is hilarious, but It was, they were very close. They had spent time together in New York, which comes up in season two. And it's just interesting to see the initial friendships and then where they are now, especially because I think when you look at it, Jen Shaw is like the impetus of all of it. And in season one, that was very obvious. And now in season two, it's not as obvious. And I think that's weird. Like I, I, season two has just really been frustrating for me. Um, But before we get into that, let's talk about Jen Shaw. 
So Jen Shaw, for those of you who don't know, we're just going to get into a little background about, or about her. So she was born in Hawaii. Her parents are Hawaiian, Tongan, and a little bit Chinese. And I, I think she said around six when she was little, they moved to Utah. I found a bio on her dad. Her dad um, was able to become an American citizen by being a student. So he was at Hawaii and then he went to Brigham Young. And so that's how they ended up at Utah because her dad was a student at BYU. Got it. So she, they are Mormon. They be, you know, he's at BYU, her family's Mormon. And then she goes to the university of Utah and that's where she meets coach, um, in the housewives and the hustler, which has an episode on Jen Shaw, her aunt is in the episode and kind of talks about her upbringing of like the racism that she experienced at school, kids calling her skin dirty. And she was trying to wash it off. Um, her trying to be like those kids. And so it does seem like it was a really hard upbringing in Utah, given her, they called her black because they didn't know her ethnicity. Like that, because, you know, while there are black people in Salt Lake City, the amount of, you know, Polynesian, Tongan, like China, like that mix, like had it, like her dad even started the Tongan um, society in Salt Lake City. So he was like the founder of the association. Right. So they're kind of like, in my head, I'm like, if he founded it, they're probably very notable in that community in Salt Lake City that exists. Right. But um, that's kind of all we really know. Like, I couldn't even find her degree. Like, I couldn't even find if she graduated from the University of Utah. I believe her aunt said she did in the documentary and like didn't say what her degree was, but she went and worked in telemarketing. So it, her whole career experiences in telemarketing and the last company she worked at before she created her companies was exposed in a big like sales floor waterboarding issue where they said as a professional development activity they waterboarded somebody I know I laugh even on the documentary the guy laughing he's like I hate laughing about this but it's so ridiculous right that that was an example of like a professional development activity. But so that's the kind of company she worked for. Like, and they described the sales floors, sales floors very much as like Wolf of Wall Street, where it's, there's not a lot of ethics. It's more about turn and burn, get as the numbers up as high as you can. So that's what she came sales, from before baby. her companies. It's sales. Sales. Yeah. She meets coach in college, which is interesting. Coach is a lawyer. By the way, guys, he was a lawyer for 10 years. Yeah. She mentioned she wanted to be a news reporter, but she had to get coached through law school. So, cause he originally had an exercise sports science degree. He kind of has a lot of careers. I feel I'm like, I, I, I kind of drift the same way in life of like, Oh, I'll try this for a couple of years. I'll try that. And then he started coaching. So he is a DB coach. Um, I'm pretty sure he's DB at university of Utah. And he's been there for quite a while, which is impressive because coaches usually uh, do a coaching carousel. They don't stay in one place for like more than a couple of years. Um, They have two sons that are grown now. And um, yeah, and then she has her companies and the Shaw squad is actually a company, which I didn't realize that's how she pays for assistance. It was a marketing company and it in season one, not so much in season two, Season one, she's got anywhere from three to five people with her at all times as assistants. 
and they're she calls them the Shaw Squad. Yep. And amazing. Shaw amazing. And they get paid by her. They're on her payroll. Now in the Housewives and the Hustlers, there's some discussion about her not paying payroll for a couple months and things happening with the assistants. Um, I just think it's so fascinating. She had so many people around her and we'll talk about this more probably in the next episode when we get to like court and the investigation, because it's like, wouldn't all those people have to be deposed? Like, wouldn't all those people, I don't know. She's had a lot of people around her. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of how we get to Jen. She's very lavish. She had a private jet in her interview to be a housewife. Real quick. Um, no, uh, there's they not don't. a lot of dep- not a lot of depositions in criminal court. Dang, it's it. not not civil. True, I guess. I they but those they could have them testify. Okay. They could have them testify. This is the part other the, thing. Can the, the victim sue her civilly? Yes. 100%. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I but mean, that hasn't, that hasn't been filed. Well, part of the reason for that, just a quick. Uh, <laughs> Real quick rationale is because all of this stuff was done through businesses. And so you need to pierce the corporate. They could sue her personally, but then they have to prove why she's personally liable. She's got all kinds of LLCs. It's got this LLC is going to pay that LLC. And then this LLC is going to pay that one over there. And then we'll switch the money over there. And then the paying for services. And so to get to her is going to be difficult. But criminal investigations happening first is beneficial to some extent, because to the extent that a the indictment and charges line up with what you're going to uh, uh, allege civilly, the burden of proof is higher in criminal. So you can use that in a civil court because it's preponderance of the evidence. Right. So I'll elaborate that on that in in episode two of this. Yeah. When we get to the, to the court part of it, because that is coming up um, and there's other things going on too. Um, But yeah, it was fascinating because like I said, even in her interview for being a housewife, she shows a private jet. She shows it, but we, no one can really substantiate this wealth. And I mean, coach Shaw's salary is public information. Cause he's at a public university. I want to say the last time I looked at it, it was like 200,000. So it's not that he doesn't make good money. He doesn't make $80,000 on a party money. Um, or $50,000 in salary money, uh, which Jen has said that she pays upwards up to $50,000 a month in salaries. Um, cause she had hired sense and everything. Yeah. Cause she had hired her family. So yeah, season one, I, I don't know how I blocked this out probably because season two feels like it's drug on forever, but season one was all about, um, Mary. Oh, we didn't talk about Mary Cosby. We missed Mary. Mary Cosby. You want to tell them who Mary is? Mary Mary Cosby is is a uh, a Pentecostal church leader. uh, Notably married her grandmother's husband, not a blood relative. Second Mm -hmm. husband, not a blood relative because her grandmother wanted him to be taken care of. Uh, thus leading to Jen in season one saying, at least I didn't, at least I'm not a grandpa effer yeah, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, she leads a church, which is now being heavily accused of being a cult. Um, yeah. There's other 
things that are out there, but yeah, she is, uh, she's a woman of color, which is part of the diversity that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, she's, she is planning on not returning for season three of Salt Lake city after yeah. all of the things that have gone down. She's a very unique person. So if you haven't watched it, yes. I would encourage you to go watch the, uh, the, uh, the show because she heard the dynamic of all of these women is just, it's something someone could not write if you had the best writers in the room. Yeah. Cause they are very much, they're so unique. All of them. Like yes. They and really together. have a unique cast and together. Yeah. How they interact is yeah. Mary is very fascinating. What? She also has charges by the way. I, I think some of them have recently been dismissed. So that's why okay, I didn't good. Want to say anything. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, I was like, I know she had been charged. Cause that was the other thing was like, how do we have one cast? With two people being charged right now. Like it was wild. It was wild. One other thing that came out between season one and season two is this recording yes, by an the assistant recordings. that got leaked of Jen screaming at her assistants about, uh, I think a dress for the reunion or yeah. something. They weren't prepared. They, they weren't prepared. And she, I mean, it was abusive in my opinion, the recording. Oh, absolutely. The, the way that she was speaking to her assistants was extremely abusive. That person has since come out and spoke. And I believe he was one of the people that was on the housewife and the yes. hustler documentary. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a very interesting situation. I hope we gave a good recap of it. Yeah. And he, uh, they have clips of it on housewives and the hustler. And one of the things they also noted is how long it lasts. I mean, it's like a 10 minute tirade. I mean, it is, And what's interesting is they do make a lot of comments about the treatment off the camera was like pretty, pretty bad. Um, One person we didn't mention, he is not part of the cast, but he is part of the indictment is her longtime right-hand man. First, I guess, ride or die. Yeah. Ride or die. (laughs) I'll call first assistant um, Stuart Smith. And it's interesting to hear her talk about him. She said, uh, he knows when she has her period. He, he knows when to go buy her tampons. He knows more he knows than Sharif does. He's sleeping. Yeah. You know, he knows when she's like awake. Santa. <laughs> Santa. What's really interesting yeah. to me about the whole dynamic between her and Stuart is you can, because all of this gets leaked in the press, her arrest that we're going to talk about in a moment, all of this gets leaked in the press before the episode airs. Um, you see Bravo taking clips that would otherwise be found on the cutting room floor, like them snowshoeing randomly in the middle of the day, all of a sudden, like that's, you know, 10 minutes of an episode or five minutes of an episode. And it's just random. You're like, why did, why, why is them driving important? Yep. Oh, because by the end of the season, he's going to turn on her. Well, yeah, supposedly. I mean, allegedly, right? I mean, yeah. he took a plea deal is what we're saying. And um, usually that means you have to provide some information um, or something. to the government. Yeah. yeah, something of value to the government. Um, but yeah, so Stuart, he is a through line in both of the seasons until the arrest is made because part of the terms of the arrest, the judge tells them they can't talk. So then we lose Stuart in the show, but season one, he is everywhere. I mean, you see him all the time. He's always driving Jen. 
he does everything for her. He's always with her. What I think is fascinating is that he has a life because this is no Heather's laughing. She's trying not to spit out her coffee, but when you watch these shows and you watch reality TV of a celebrity or someone, they usually have these young assistants who are just like fresh out of college or they're very trying young, to make it, trying to make it, trying to leverage working for this person, like trying to leverage that network, trying to leverage the access and the proximity to these, you know, celebrities and powerful people to get to their next step. That's usually you take the assistant job so that you can leverage it for what you want to do. It's how you get in. Right. So, and a lot of our other assistants are young. Like there's a young woman, Chelsea, that's early on and there's her niece and nephews or her nephew. And even the fashion designer that came out, that was her assistant. He was young. So it's notable to me that Stuart is older. I don't know his exact age. He's older than Jen, I assume, um, or they're close in age. And he has a family he has a wife, he has kids, he has a home. Like he has this like grounding home life that you would think would make it difficult to be available to Jen Shaw 24 seven. Except hindsight being 2020. Yeah. He wasn't her assistant. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's also, that's also true. And, and hindsight being 2020, you're willing to do all of that. If you're making a, shit ton of money because he owned his house and he i think they were saying the porsche that they're dry that he drives her in was his not not jen's like jen didn't have any cars and so the car was his um so he had assets he had you know so in my head i'm like oh yeah you're not on an assistant salary like you're not i mean the indictments are showing a lot more yeah because if you're if you're conducting a business with her, which is the allegation we'll get into, I guess, well, let's go well, into, yeah, let's go switch it into season two, season two, Jen. Yeah. So episode, we go through a lot before we finally get where we want to be, which is season 11 or episode 11 of season two, which is the dun, 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 the yeah. sprinter van and beauty right. lab parking lot and the FBI and Homeland security surrounded. Yes. They want to know where Jen is. But I will say as a, like, you know, spectator, I don't know, what are we fans? I'm a watcher, someone who appreciates the show. We all knew before the first, probably like right when the first episode aired, we knew this was part of the season. And I, I, I would text you relentlessly because I was so frustrated with the gen edit. Because every episode painted her as either a really good mom, like she was spending time with Sharif, like her and Sharif had a finance conversation on camera. It's like in the first season, she was hiding in a, a, a huge party that she probably spent like $20,000, $30,000 on from Sharif. She said it was just a little birthday get together with the girls and was like having her assistants try to clean it up really fast before he got home. And she said like, oh yeah, he doesn't need to know. He doesn't know about this. He doesn't know about that. And then they open season two with them talking about downsizing their house, doing this. And then she's talking to her mom about money. Like every scene they had of Jen until we get up to the arrest is so peaceful. It's mild. 
they have a scene doing of her doing prayer during Ramadan. She's talking about Ramadan. I think a lot of those conversations you're referencing actually happened after the arrest. No, they were early. They were like the first couple episodes. The downsizing? The downsizing and all of that, I think. It was like right after. It was after. And then her mom coming in because her. Yeah. He was yeah, getting yeah, yeah. her Those retirement. Two. But yeah, but it was but, mild. But she was, it was very like, she's a mother. She's, it was, it was such a, a different cut. It was such it, a different cut. It was as if you're looking at another Real Housewife city where, you know, someone's had a really bad edit one season and they come in, you know, whoever it may be. And like, all of a sudden they're a different person. It felt very yes. much like that. I literally, I was like, do you think her lawyers like know the producers? And like, like, how are they giving her such right. a good gut? When she is the inflammatory one. Unless it is the dichotomy and they're, you know, it's a, yeah. it's an edit for a reason. Right. I know. So anyway, and that's what gets us because they were really focusing on like Meredith and uh, Lisa and well, Lisa and, the, and Jen. And something that we should note too, is that between season one and season two, as happens with every housewife uh, uh, cast and between seasons, you know, they film, then it airs, then they have the reunion, then there's a break and then they film again. And during, after they filmed before they started filming again, while all of this was airing and during the reunion, Jen was going off on social media and started discussing Meredith's son and his sexuality. And there were, I mean, there was a lot of discussion which led Meredith to have a very sour taste in her mouth about Jen. There were also some things that happened where um, like Jen was at Heather Gay's home. Heather Gay ordered her an Uber. Heather Gay noticed that the Uber stopped mid service on the way to Jen's house. Jen got out of the Uber. She was advised. I mean, there was, there was stuff that wasn't adding up. And then a couple of the cast started receiving extremely threatening, uh, vicious, text messages. So as a result of all of that, Meredith ends up getting a private investigator involved and investigating what she turns out to explain was the entire cast. Um, but the implication was that she investigated Jen, which could have led assisted to lead with the arrest, which I don't think actually happened, but that was kind of the storyline of the season. Right. Well, and then it's funny because I was looking back. I mean, they talk about in the first episode of the reunion. It's like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that we started with a conflict of Whitney and Lisa and their friend debating, like, being associated with her. Like, that's what we started. Like, it was so mild. Like, this is so dumb (laughs) comparative to where where we end up like in the season. So, um, yeah. So you want to talk about the arrest, the episode? Yeah. Yeah. So season 11, uh, episode 11, she gets arrested. Um, what's important to note about this episode, and we're really trying to recap this for the people who are listening to our podcast that we're interested in other things. So I understand that some of this is going to be repetitive for those of you who are avid Salt Lake city watchers. Right. But, um, the arrest episode, happens you watch uh, they're all getting on a sprinter van to go to a home in Vail and they're going to have a girls weekend away and Jen gets to the uh, beauty lab and laser parking lot gets on the sprinter van gets a phone call asks for Whitney to turn off her mic which is always a bad sign yeah always 
and turns off the mic, gets out, comes back in and says, Sharif, her husband is in the hospital, something about internal bleeding. We don't know if he's going to be okay. I need to go to the hospital. And she leaves. The girls get on the bus. They're all very worried about Jen and her husband. And they end up taking off her veil because there's really nothing they can do. And as they take off, there is a, a news drops. And Jen has been arrested after a federal indictment of her. You you forgot that they showed up. Oh, my apologies. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's you're right. The, tra- the trauma. The trauma. How did I forget? So the, the trauma. trauma of the FBI. <laughs> well, they thought it was strippers. It really wasn't trauma because Whitney and Mar- and Whitney and Heather were like, oh, we thought it was strippers until we saw the guns. <laughs> right. Homeland Security and the FBI. And YPD. And YPD mm-hmm. show up to beauty lab and laser parking lot while they're all in the sprinter van and everybody's kind of going, what's going on? They're like, well, we just need to talk to Jen. Just need to talk. We need to make sure she's okay. They kept saying that was their key phrase. They used it with Jen. We're just going to make sure Jen's okay. Is she okay? Is Jen okay? Also, do you have her exact location and coordinates? Because we really need to make sure she's okay. We need to to make sure she's okay so much so that we need to put her in some handcuffs. So they end up, (laughs) everybody's kind of trying to figure out what's going on and then they take off. You're right. Thank you for, for correcting me. Yeah. And, and then the news drops that she's been arrested after an indictment. Yes. They all find out in the van (laughs) for conspiracy to commit wire fraud and money laundering with Stuart. And everybody's trying to text Jen. The most comical part of all of this for me is Whitney, who really just plays the dumb blonde. And I can say that as a blonde who has also played that role in the past, because it, I, <laughs> it I like to unarm my opponents. Yeah, um, it but she's in this corner going, Oh yeah. She's got like this, uh, this lead business and lead generation can be a very lucrative business, but if she's doing X, Y, and Z, and then that's illegal. And I always wondered where she got her money from. And I mean, she goes into a whole explanation of how some of these businesses work, which kind of makes you wonder the type of people that she hangs out with. But yeah, she like knew she like, it it was almost, it was, it's weird now to like know the indictment and know what's happening and like hustler and housewives has come out and like, and then see Whitney almost literally explain it right after she's arrested. Like Whitney was like, oh yeah, I'm sure it's this. And you're like, how how did you know that when nobody else knew that? Right. Whitney know that? Like, how did she know? How? Well, and then yeah. on the other side of the van, you've got Lisa. <laughs> so Mary and uh, Mary Cosby and Meredith are already in Vail. And the rest of the cast yes. is traveling on this sprinter van. Yes. And Lisa on the other side of the bus, who does have a business, has called her six attorneys. To fi- what, do I have anything to worry about? Am I okay? It is, <laughs> it's the narcissism for me. <laughs> it's like, hilarious. They all show the NYPD, Homeland Security, all the people showed up. They didn't care about you, dear. No. Respectfully, no one cared. And she's got her business attorneys on the line. And here's what I can tell you as somebody who has dabbled in criminal law. Yeah. Why did um, she call so many attorneys? (laughs) Because she's, my personal thought is she's nosy and she wanted somebody to like download. Do you have access? Can we get access to know what the information is? One. And two, like. She said, do I have anything to worry about? But these are, she has business attorneys, unless she has a criminal law attorney on retainer, which would be its own issue. 
<laughs> yeah, that'd be they're, interesting. They're, all they're going to say is don't talk to the police if they want to talk to you without one of us present. And that's what I would tell one of my clients. I Listen, I don't know what the charges are against the person that you were just in a van with because I don't represent them. But, um, but yeah, that's, it was just so funny to me. It's like, well, then I'll call the next one. Well, I talked to so-and-so and I, like, if you, I don't well, pay those that many attorneys for that much information when they're all telling you the same thing. My favorite out of all of this is Jenny. So Jenny um, is the new cast member in season two, who is Asian American. And she literally goes and gets a lollipop and is like, well, there's nothing we can do. <laughs> like, and she's like, anybody else want candy? And I think, I think it was Heather that was like, I'll take one. <laughs> Might as well eat candy because there's nothing. That was your favorite scene of Jenny. Your Jenny is not your favorite though. No, 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 no. That was my yeah. favorite. That was my favorite person Moment. in yeah, that yeah. scene. Like, you know, you got Lisa calling attorneys. Uh, Whitney is running off the entire scheme as if she knew. And <laughs> Heather is worried about Heather is worried about Jen. And I think, I don't know. She says at one point, like, so I guess Sharif's okay. Like, <laughs> So that was all a ruse. Right, that's like, uh, so it, like the Sharif thing is fine. And then, and then you have Jenny who, yeah, she is no longer on cast and for good reason. And what I love about the drama through the, the drama with Meredith and Jen, and then the Jenny drama is Salt Lake city housewives love to blame their social media manager. And as someone who is a social media manager, um, you got to take responsibility for your social media. Like it's ridiculous. Uh, Cause Jen was like, I didn't like those tweets. I didn't know when she was talking to Meredith and it's like, well, you hired someone who did. So take responsibility. This is why I'm very like cautious on Twitter. I'm like, I don't know if I should retweet this person. Cause I don't know. Anyway, that's an aside, but that's the van and they yes. get to veil. And Stuart is also in that indictment. So yes. as this is unfolding, the, cast in the van is going, wait a minute, Stuart. And I think one of them actually texts Stuart as well to see, and right. he did not respond. Um, then they all get to Vail and there's a discussion about this investigation with Meredith um, yes. that gets brought up. And like, did you send the FBI? Which is comical because Meredith's like, what kind of power do you think I have? She right. did play into it a little bit on Watch What yeah. Happens Live at, at the beginning of the season. Like, where, did you have anything to do with it? And she's like, I always said, don't mess with my family. Again, the mafia of it all. <laughs> but, um, and then there's questions as the season unfolds that Mary said, you know, don't mess with me or I'll send Jesus after you. And, yep. you know, now, now she's facing federal indictment. So it, it is all the way it played out, if you haven't watched the episodes, it is, it is comical. And they even Bravo even made the episodes like 50% as long for some of them because right. there was so much information. Yeah. And because they constant, like that, um, it's one of those things like they constantly have to talk about, like, it's always someone's bringing it up like that. There's no other conversation really happening. Right. It's either, it's either Meredith did this, or, or, or it was Meredith and Mary, because why weren't they on the Spritter van? They, they were tipped off. They knew she was about to be arrested. So that's why they went to Vail. And it doesn't help that Meredith found out that Jen was arrested when she was taking like a milk bath in the Airbnb. Smiling and, has, like, and happy as could be. Yeah. And has like little to no reaction. It's just like, huh? Wow. Yeah. 
so and then yeah her little heart right so you have this going on and then lisa apparently between the reunion it seemed like at the end of season one to the beginning of season two lisa and jen became like best buddies every day like on the phone all the time hanging out all the time it's almost as if now looking back lisa replaced meredith in jen's life because jen used once all the stuff happened with brooks before that she would go over to meredith's house all the time and said that's where i go when sharif is out of town because my house is so lonely i go to meredith's like so i'm happy when sharif goes out of town because i go visit meredith well now that's become lisa and jen but then jen is questioning lisa's loyalty because lisa's friends with meredith so it's like it's all revolving around Jen's arrest, but no one is blaming Jen. They're blaming Meredith for working with the FBI. They're blaming Lisa for being a shitty friend to basically everybody. <laughs> like even the reunion that we've watched thus far is Jen going like, none of you were friends with me when I needed you. Not like, I know I'm staring down the barrel of a gun because of actions that I may have taken allegedly, you know, uh, allegedly. Uh, right. Innocent, innocent until proven guilty. But right. Yeah. Right. So should we go into what the charges are real quick? Yeah, let's then... go into the charges and then we'll wrap it up to, to get into the next uh... episode. Yeah. So I, I briefly said them earlier. Um, it is cons- count one is conspiracy to commit wire fraud. There's essentially some kind of lead generation. Um, the way it's been explained, because the indictment isn't going to give out all of the evidence that they have is sure. Jen is the mastermind of these people that held these businesses that would target vulnerable individuals and sell them work at home opportunities. And then mm-hmm. that work at home opportunity would need an additional add-on that would get sold by a, another business. And then that business would sell an add-on that would get sold by another business. And Jen was basically at the top and mm-hmm. Stuart was involved uh, to some extent. And has, he did originally plead guilty or plead not guilty, but he's recently uh, changed his plea. So if, uh, so the second charge is conspiracy to commit money laundering. If it's just two counts, both of them are, were against uh, Jen Shaw and Stuart Smith. Again, he's changed his plea. So it's just her sitting for trial. The conspiracy to commit wire fraud holds a possible 30 year jail sentence. Money laundering is 20. So um, in the next episode, We've downloaded all of the documents. Um, yes. In the we next meaning ep- Heather. <laughs> in the Heather's next episode, we're going to break down what's happened from indictment to current. I will yes. say her trial was originally set for this week or next week. Mm-hmm. And was actually, it was originally set for October. Then it was set right. for March of 2022. Now it's been set out to at least July pending right. courtroom and conclusion of discovery. But there have been a number of interesting motions and discussions that um, we thought would be fun to break down since you right. have a free lawyer to, to kind of go through all that. <laughs> yeah. So and and- we want to see if you can serve as the jury. There's the jury questions are on there, which I think are so fun. Um, So I'll have a jury quiz for you. Yeah. And we're going to link in the next episode, um, all of the documents, or maybe this one, we can figure out if we can, should do it in this one or that one, but um, everything that I've downloaded, you guys will have access to. It won't have a big Heather, the lawyer at on it. Like maybe some other Twitter attorneys do. Yeah. Um, Like clout chasing real housewives, uh, 
Twitter attorney. <laughs> yeah. I will say, um, to the extent you know who we're talking about and you'd like for me to speak on it, I might, I might be willing to, uh, to maybe give some comparisons of maybe some things that that person said in the past that don't quite add up. Well, but, I think, um, I think that person can become a character in the Erica Jane conversation. Cause that's fair the, enough. That's the origin story. I mean, that's fair enough. <laughs> so with that being said, if yes. you got, this is extremely complicated and it, there's a lot of twists and turns personality wise. And I mean, it, it, it's a very interesting situation. If you guys have any questions legally that you want me to answer or Steph to answer for background, she is great at making sure that she's completely researched on all of the things that happen. I, try. I, try. Um, <laughs> I have a bad the- memory, so I almost have to. <laughs> But if there's any questions you guys have, let us know in the comments or email our assistant, Rachel at relatableafpodcast.com. And we will answer them in the next episode. Until then. Until then. Be be Shaw amazing. Be be Shaw um, impeccable citizen. I don't know. How do you say like be Shaw not illegal? Like, I don't know. Right, right. Maybe don't be Shaw amazing. Be. Yeah. Be, be um, above Shamis. <laughs> be above right. the law. Be Try above. not to take money from vulnerable people, allegedly. Yeah. Innocent yeah. till proven guilty, Heather. Innocent. Yeah. Allegedly. Proven allegedly. Guilty, even though everyone in her case has pled guilty, but innocent till proven guilty. Innocent until proven and we're guilty. going to trial. So. Yes. <laughs> so, so we'll next, talk about it. <laughs> next episode is our trial. <laughs> yes. Well, have a great week. Please stay safe. And um, we're here send us emails. Let us know what you think. Anything. Rachel's always available, except when she's running a marathon without training. Um, <laughs> with her boothing. Yeah. With her boothing. All right, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.